take your Bible and open it up to Acts and then find the end of Acts and and hold it like this <laughs> like like this uh, and the Gospels were recorded first in our canon <clears throat> then we have Acts and then we have the epistles <clears throat> the truth of the matter is uh, Acts and Luke were written 80 to 100 years AD <clears throat> down the road and and John John was written even later than that uh, 100 110 uh, give or take so when we we have here we wound up in in John looking to the left of your scripture go to John uh, chapter 20 verse 30 and John recorded here uh, therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples which were not written in this book but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name and look at the last verse in John 21, 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose not even the world itself would contain the books that would be written. Then turn to Romans which is the, the flip end of Acts. And let's look at, at verses 1 through 5 there. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness Christ Jesus our Lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of the faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake so we have, we have the gospel winding up with John. And then we have Paul in Rome writing to the Romans. If we did not have <laughs> this connecting tissue, so to speak, of Acts, the epistles wouldn't make as much sense to us as they do. But because we have it, it's very, very good. And it's the only history book, as Dan said last week, 
that we have in the New Testament. It, and it, it was written very methodical. Now Luke, go to Luke chapter, chapter uh, 1 of Luke. <clears throat> chapter 1 of Luke. And Luke does this little preamble in Luke chapter 1, 1 through 4. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. It seems fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things that you have taught. Luke, we call him, rightly so, the physician. Luke the physician. Do you know how many times in the New Testament Luke is referenced as a doctor? How many times? Maybe once. 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 But his historical significance, as Dan pointed out last week, is enormous. He wrote the book, Luke Acts. He wrote them almost simultaneously. Luke came first, but it wasn't long. Acts was right behind it. And he, he does a similar, a similar thing when, he, when we look in the first uh, three verses of Acts. We'll come back, but let's just read it right quick. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven after he by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To those he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom. So Luke wrote Luke Acts and he wrote it to Theophilus now how many times in the scripture is Theophilus mentioned twice <laughs> twice uh, it's just he, he was there and as Dan mentioned last week Theophilus means lover of God so we don't know all that what happened, but evidently <clears throat> Theophilus knew Luke. He was a scientific man. He wrote very, very good. And he was kept evidently great records and he investigated as he has said what happened. And Theophilus said, Luke, put it down in writing. Put it down in writing for me. 
I was telling Velta we one of the little things that you go around when you when you study and of course it was written on a scroll and scrolls normally the, were 35 feet long because that's as much as they could take <laughs> you know so they kind of limited it to about 30 chapters what what the people later on divided up into about 30 chapters so we went through Isaiah Isaiah had pro would probably have been <clears throat> two three four five six scrolls we don't really know but Theophilus asked Luke to write it was probably a commissioned work and he wrote and he investigated from the beginning he was a physician Luke told um, Paul tells us that but his primary existence he was a historian and about 25% of the New Testament was written by Luke <clears throat> so with that little backdrop I want you to turn to chapter 20 chapter 20 and I will of Acts and then we'll just we'll just say a little bit about this and and then you can watch for it as we go through and we study the the book now Luke is writing you know about what he's seen and what he's heard and this kind of thing and uh, let's look at uh, this is uh, Paul going to Macedonia uh, let's look at um, Verse 5 uh, of chapter 20. But these had gone ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. Waiting for us. Okay. The significance there is Luke was at Troas. He was there for us. You know. Look down at the next verse. Verse 6. We sail from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. So when you when we go through Acts, we'll see, and when Luke, and it's in the latter part of the scriptures, uh, <clears throat> we don't know really where he came on the scene when he 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 was personally there, but he tells you, we, us, we, us, 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 us. And, and otherwise, when he's talking about Paul or something, he'll say him, him. So when we go through our study, and <clears throat> when you see this, and you can just simply know that Paul, I mean, excuse me, Luke, was there when, when that particular thing happened. Uh, but he investigated the whole thing. And <clears throat> since he was so much involved with with uh, with Paul uh, there in in uh, uh, Timothy, which is the last book that we know that Paul wrote, uh, Paul says he says nobody's here with me but Luke. So they had a lot of time to talk, and so Paul himself could fill in the back blanks to Luke about what happened and how it went and how they got to where they were. Okay. <clears throat> Their major players were, as Dan pointed out last week, Peter and Paul. Now, go to Acts uh, 12. Acts 12. Uh, now, 
we had a great supporting cast, and I'll mention some of them, but it was Stephen, uh, Barnabas, Timothy, Priscilla and Aquila, Apollos, just to name some of them. But, but the two major players were Peter and Paul. <clears throat> now look at verse chapter 12 of Acts, and <clears throat> this is the story about Peter's arrest and the Lord delivered him from prison. He wound up at John Mark's house in verse 12 and, <clears throat> and they were praying for his release and all this kind of stuff. And that looks at verse 18. Now when they had come, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as what could have become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him, had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending time there. We don't hear any more about Peter after this point. So the first 12 and a half chapters are very much involved with Peter. And then he exits, he exits Acts. And now the principal player uh, is Paul. And so that's just, when we get there, we'll talk more about that. But that's just, that's just where we are. <clears throat> okay, let's go back to chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> All that was free. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I didn't map out the eight verses for, for today, but I probably won't get eight verses. <clears throat> the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Jesus, we sing a song at Christmas. He started the whole world singing. He began, as the song says, the beat still goes on. We're still doing what he told us to do. Go into all the world, preach, teach, baptize, make disciples. So as, as Luke starts off here, he says, I'm going to tell you about what he began to do until the Lord took him to heaven. And we'll, we'll look at that. <clears throat> Verse 2. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit giving orders for the apostles whom he has chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after suffering many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom. When Pastor Larry preached on the resurrection on Easter, he talked about the appearing. And for 40 days, Jesus was very visible and he, 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 he taught them. And he was teaching them truth to the degree that they could understand it. He was teaching them truth to that particular point that they could understand. Verse 4. 
gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. Jesus told them, stay put. They had truth to the degree that they could understand it. But they didn't have it all. And Jesus said, you stay put, and what's going to happen now? <laughs> he says, I'm going to send power, and I'm going to complete your understanding. I'm going to send power and complete your understanding. Okay, look at Luke 24. That's turn left in your Bible. Luke, Luke 24. That's the last chapter. We read this on our Easter time. Verse 49. Now the same writer that's written Acts has written Luke. So, so Luke knew this and he, he said, verse 49 of Luke 24, and behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. I'm clothed with power from on high. Okay. Stay put. But to wait for what the Father has promised. Wait to what the Father has promised. Okay, go to Jeremiah 31. That's turning left too. But Jeremiah 31. Verse 31. Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. Okay. Back to Acts. Luke wrote, But to wait what the Father has promised. Promised years and years ago. I'm going to give you a new covenant. You broke the old one. You disobeyed. You, as Dan said last week when we were 
reading in the early part of our canon and we have these sacrifices and I agree with him he said they had to raise a herd just to sacrifice not just to eat but they were sacrificing all the time and that's the old covenant and he says you broke it but I'm going to set a new one in your hearts we've talked about this thing of heart we talked about it when we were in Romans. We talked about it when we were in Isaiah. We've talked about that it's the heart. The heart. When Jesus makes it new, when He comes and gives us a, a new life and He puts His Holy Spirit within us, He changes our heart. Changes our heart. And Luke, Luke said, Jeremiah hit it on the head. He said, he said, I'm going I'm to give you a new one. And also, Jesus said, and you heard it from me. You heard it from me. Look at John 14. Turn left again. John 14. Verses 16 and 17. I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him nor know Him. But you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. Verses 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit who the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So, the Father, what the Father had promised, and Jesus said, and you have heard it from me. Verse 4. Verse 5. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now baptism wasn't new to these Jews. Uh, they, they had several ceremonies about baptism. The, the pagans around them even baptized. The power from the Spirit, they didn't understand what they were fixing to get. They knew in the Old Testament they were occasions where God filled uh, His people to do a particular thing. But it wasn't universal. It was that to that person. But things are fixed to change. Look at verse 6. <clears throat> so when they had come together, they were asking Him, Lord, is it this time 
you will restore the kingdom to Israel. <laughs> well, from where we're sitting, we could say, you know, y'all didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> but, <clears throat> really? Had we been there, we'd have probably had the same questions. This is what Chuck Swindoll says about that particular thing. He said, all of the Lord's followers, even the inner circle of his disciples, that he had trained for leadership, struggled to understand his agenda. All their lives, they had been taught that the kingdom of God was Israel. They had been taught to expect, and expect a Messiah who would <clears throat> revive the broken nation of the Hebrews, now whittled down just to the tribe of Judah. And he turned it to a kind of a glory and returned it to the kind of the glory that they had not known since David and Solomon. They anticipated a religious political leader who would wear both the king's crown and the high priest robe. The glory days of Israel, Solomon and David, were just 80 years. 80 short years. And yet they continued to look back to that particular point in time. They didn't understand they did not understand where they were. Well, you've heard me talk about heaven. You've heard me <clears throat> the best I know how and what scripture has said. But if I could have a conversation with Clarence and with Bob Dudley right now, I could ask them, how did my teaching go, boys? said, Bill, you weren't even close. I'm convinced eternity is so different than anything we have thought about. We just don't know. And the same thing was the case for this group of Jews. The kingdom that he was bringing was so different from what they had been taught. So different than what they had been taught. Are you going to restore the glory? They had seen a resurrected Lord for 40 days. And yet, <laughs> is this what it's all about? Now listen to what Jesus told them. Look at <clears throat> verse 7. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has fixed by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. You will receive power power. Turn left again and let's go back to, to John 
John 16. Just a few verses over to John 16. Verses 5 through 15. You with me? John 16, verses 5 through 15. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Look back at verses 13 and 14 and read that again, Art. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit never brags on himself, but he always brags on Jesus. Later we'll see the Holy Spirit fail. And we talked about the 40 days that he had some truth. He was teaching them truth as far as they could take it. But Jesus says, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's fixing to come and you're going to understand everything because I'm going to send one that's going to abide in you forever and he will teach you all things and all truth. In this day of <laughs> information overload, and you don't know who to believe or why to believe. If you're not God's child, you don't have the truth and you can't know the truth. You hear what I'm saying? If you're not God's child, you can't know the truth or have the truth. And a lot of us are taking information from people who are non-believers and they have no idea what they're talking about. Hawkins this week said that the human race has got a hundred years. Folks, we, <laughs> we might not have tomorrow, much less a hundred years. Amen. And that clown doesn't know. I mean, he's a theoretical physicist, but I don't know. I see these people on TV, then 
we bring this guy on and to bring this guy on and I turn the TV off. I said, all they're giving is their opinion and they haven't called me for mine. <laughs> so, I mean, Jesus said the truth will set you free and I'm going to give you the truth because the Holy Spirit is going to live within you. So just hang on. As we go on into the book of Acts, we'll find out how God moves. And we didn't, we opened up Acts, we didn't have a church, and we didn't have the Holy Spirit, but that's the theme of the rest of the book. The church, and how He moves and acts as He moves forward. Okay? Let's go to the Lord. Mike, dismiss me, bro.